Welcome to the Hitler Yoga Training Weekend, in which we will make men and women of you all. My name is Captain Klenzendorf. You may call me Captain K. Captain K! Woo! Hello and welcome. Welcome and hello. This is Wait. You haven't seen? It's a show where we talk about movies, and specifically a movie at least one of us has never seen before. I'm your host, Travis, a.k.a. TV's Travis. This is episode number 112, and our movie this week was 2019's Jojo Rabbit, and here with me to talk about it, because he hadn't seen it before, and neither had I, is Bill from Run, Jump, Stomp. How you doing, Bill? I'm doing great, man. I was really happy that you picked this movie, because I wanted to watch it, even though... Well, only on the basis of the director. Yes, I would agree with you 100% on that because I heard that this was Taika Waititi and I was all in. I didn't need to know anything else. I'm kind of glad I didn't know anything else going into it um, Mm -hmm. because as I was telling you right before we started recording, this wasn't really what I thought it was going to be. But the, the further I get away from the finish of it, the more I'm kind of appreciating what I just watched. Yeah, I loved this movie. I absolutely loved it. Uh, and I I, th- I feel like I can't wait to see what he does next. I almost wish that he wasn't stuck doing Marvel movies. Even though I love his Marvel movies, I want to see him do more stuff. I, I think he's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. He There's something in his directing style and his ability to make you feel things and laugh at horrendously Mm -hmm. inappropriate times that just works. I mean, I found like my first note uh, when I was watching this was, I really should not be laughing at this kid saying Heil Hitler. (laughs) It was as he runs down the the street. Yeah. And just every, every single person he sees, uh, he gives them a Heil and it was, man. Okay. I'm going to say it. It was adorable. He was so friggin' adorable being Absolutely. a little Nazi. Oh. <laughs> uh, I feel like we have to say up front, man, Nazis suck. I'm not a fan. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, there's somehow this movie ended up having multiple characters that I cared about and I liked, and they're Nazis. And I don't quite know how to reconcile or feel about that. Because this kid, Roman Griffin Davis, plays Jojo in this movie. Um, and Man, he just kills it. That kid is so good in this entire movie. Um, I, I, I mean, he's he's twelve years old when they made it, playing a ten year old, um, and he's just this fanatical fan of Adolf Hitler. What I liked was you you saw the change in him over the course of the movie, and you saw sort of that fanaticism erode, and there was a lot of different ways that they they showed that, which we'll talk about, um, as we go. But I just, I, that kid was great. I adored him. I thought he was, I think he was fantastic. Well, all of the, I, I, I would say, I don't think there's anybody in this that didn't make an absolute massively, uh, fantastic performance though. In addition to him, the other child actor that stood out to me, I've forgotten his name now, the one with the glasses. Oh yeah. Um, like his best friend or his second best friend. Yes. Uh, that was Archie Yates. He played Yorkie. Oh yeah, Yorkie. Oh my God, he was <laughs> really good, and his, his his delivery was just always so absolute deadpan and perfect. And I just I loved it. Everything about this movie is is really good. It really is, and that's two kids that are you know ten or twelve years old pulling this off. Subtle things like that that that's mm-hmm. impressive to me. Like I. I know what I was like when I was 10 or 12, and I definitely didn't have any of that kind of subtlety about me. So that's some some really good uh, skill and, uh, and coaching. And it's interesting, too, because I did read in trivia thing that Taika Waititi said, I don't really like giving a lot of tips on uh, in like coaching when for the actors. I just sort of, if they can say the lines, I just let them do their thing. And it worked here. You, you also had Sam Rockwell. Um, who is one of those, I'll watch anything he's in. And I didn't realize he was mm-hmm. in this until the movie started. And he, he he steals all his scenes. He's great. 
It's Sam Rockwell. He, he is. He's absolutely fantastic. The, the 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 only actor that I knew was in it was Taika Waititi. Like mm-hmm. I didn't know anybody else. I knew that the movie was about a little boy whose imaginary friend is Hitler, <laughs> and Hitler was pay, played by Taika Waititi. And like that right there was all I needed to know, so I ignored everything else about it. And I have no idea why I had not watched it up until this point. I don't yep. have an excuse. I don't either. Um, I'm really not sure why I hadn't watched it, but I knew as much as you did going into it. I knew Taika Waititi. I knew he played Adolf Hitler. Uh, he's he's hilarious, as mm-hmm. he always is. But he he plays him in such a way like... He is definitely a the the kid's manifestation of what he thinks Adolf Hitler is, right? His best friend joking with him. And I did like that uh, Watiti said in an interview, I did no research whatsoever to play Hitler um, because he's not worth doing the research on. And he just figured <laughs> it would be up. And, and being Maori and, ha- and half Jewish, he thought it would just be a great F you to, to Hitler's memory to play him like that. So he's, you know, yeah. eating meat. He's offering the kids cigarettes like all the time in the movie, which was a funny little running gag where he just flip oh, open yeah, the cigarette like case. when the kid called him out on it, too. Yeah. Like all things. <laughs> he's that like, he... I'm 10. <laughs> yeah. And these Stop are all things that me cigarettes. Yeah. It's stuff that Hitler wouldn't do. Like he didn't smoke. He didn't eat meat. Um, and but this was all just what just having a blast. Uh, I do wish he had been able to do. I guess he didn't do the stunt um, at the end where he gets kick through the window and he wanted to, but he, that would have been kind of funny, but he's, he's great. He, he wore a fat suit while he was playing the role. So he's like a little bit dumpy looking, which I noticed right away. And I just thought was hilarious. And he just has this air about, he's so fun. And I shouldn't say that about somebody playing Adolf Hitler, but because he's playing (laughs) like this caricature version of it, like, I don't know. It's just, (laughs) I enjoyed the hell out of it. Um, Scarlett Johansson as the kid, as Jojo's mom, I thought was really good. She, Ooh, I, I have some things to talk about with, with some moments in the movie that involve her because yeah. Um, but she's great. She's having fun. You can tell Stephen Merchant, who's only in like two scenes, uh, was great as the Gestapo, uh, kind of leader guy. I forgot how freaking tall he is though. Yeah. It, yeah. I, my wife and I were watching it and I, I said, like, cause he was standing there next to, um, Scar. It was no, no, no. Uh, uh, Sam Rockwell. Yeah. And I was like, "Oh my god, that is a <laughs> giant person!" Like, I'm. I was like, "Are they doing weird camera tricks or something?" Uh, that that really kind of threw me off. It, yeah. It, it, honestly, it almost took me out of the movie for a second just because I was so shocked at how big he was. So they did cheat it a little bit. He did kind of do the stand on an apple box thing to make him look okay. even taller. But still, Stephen Merchant is six foot seven. Okay. He is like I knew he was tall, but I figured he was like six three. I didn't realize he was that tall. Um, and then to have him just loom over everybody that was a that was an interesting scene. Plus that scene also made me think of Spies Like Us um, with the whole, because they were doing the Heil Hitler, Heil Hitler, and they did they said that oh, back and right, forth. Oh, right, right, right. And my note was just doctor, doctor. Doctor, doctor. Um, I I, uh, I counted. They, they say Heil Hitler 31 times over the span of a minute in that scene. <laughs> so they're just yeah, going. Yeah, it was really good, it, especially. Uh, how how spoil? I can't remember. How, how quick can we start spoiling stuff? I'll go for it. Okay, so like, when when uh, uh, the the girl uh, whose name I, I'm terrible with names I never remember anybody's name uh, the girl uh, that's the, the the Jewish girl that's hiding in the in the wall mm-hmm. uh, when she comes down and like you can like and and he they say Heil Hitler to her yeah. and you could like her face man she nailed it like she was just like I she can taste the words coming out of her mouth and she freaking hates it and i I absolutely i loved that that was really cool she she did a great job she really did uh thomasine mckenzie is her name she was 19 making this a couple years ago and just i mean another like all the kids the the three main kids that are in this movie just kill it they Mm -hmm. they nearly outact you know sam rockwell and scarlett johansson and sam rockwell is one of my favorite actors period 
And for mm-hmm. him to get overshadowed by these kids is pretty damned impressive. Um, I feel like he was more of a cartoon of a person and the kids were real. That's true. That That is a good point because he was. And then you also had Alfie Allard was, um, was Captain K's little right-hand man um, mm-hmm. who he's barely in the movie. He has like, he only has a couple of lines, although he does have one of the funnier moments in the movie when Rockwell's, they, they frame the shot and he's looking towards him like he's talking to him. And he says, no, look, I said we needed dogs for when they start coming into the town, not actual German shepherds. And it just right. 180 degree cut. And he's standing there with four guys that are literal like sheep herders. <laughs> that was Which such a fun came back at the end of the movie. <laughs> it did. Like I noticed that fighting at the end. <laughs> it was that that made me laugh out loud. I'm like, the shepherds are still there. It was so good. Yeah. Um, oh, just everybody in this movie nailed it. Uh, it was, and the movie has heart. Like, there's heartfelt moments. It kind of yo-yos you back and forth a lot. Um, I mean, it started mm-hmm. off with uh, with a lot of funny moments, and like, there's a, there's the funny moment of him running up in slow motion with Hitler. And he grabs the grenade from Sam Rockwell as, as Rockwell's trying to explain everything. And it's this whole long thing and he throws it and then it's got, you know, it bounces back and it's just that moment of, Oh no. And then it explodes and the kid gets caught in a grenade blast. And immediately I'm like, okay. <laughs> so we've had yeah, a funny and the moment. The thing that I liked about that scene the most is everything's slow motion right up until the explosion. And then it goes back to regular speed and it's yeah. just, it's like it, he looked like like a dummy, like just got flung. And it was so like it, it shocked me. Mm-hmm. But I also found it to be hilarious. Just the the motion of the the way that he fell, like because it's you're, you see the scene from really far away. Yeah. And I imagine that like there's somebody standing behind a tree holding a a kid sized dummy and they just kind of chuck it (laughs) out when the explosion goes off, just the way he, he lands. Like I found that to be really funny. Mm -hmm. Oh no, it's definitely, it's played for comedy. And then, but then it sets in like, that was a kid that just got blown up by a grenade. So that, Mm -hmm. that hit me there. Like there was a few moments where the movie kind of out of nowhere, gut punches you. Um, Oh, absolutely. And, and the worst of those is later on, uh, they have this wonderful scene where the kid's just kind of going around being a 10 year old. I think it was right. I think it was after he talks to Hitler and Hitler's like, you know, get yourself together. You're 10 years old. Act like it um, moment. And he's going around town. And so several times throughout the movie, they have shown his mother played by Scarlett Johansson from her shoes. There's a, there's at least two times where she enters the scene and all you see are her shoes at first and then mm-hmm. it pans up to show the rest of her, and it's kind of it's kind of cool the way they do that because it's a it's the mom from the kid's point of view. That's the first thing he notices, and that was really great. Until the the third time they showed her shoes, and that yeah. one that one hit hard like that hurt because she is now in the gallows and hanging there. And this was after the scene with Stephen Merchant and the 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 Gestapo scene at first felt really weird. Like, why are they at his house? Why did uh, Captain K just show up out of nowhere? Then I figured out that they knew about all this. The Gestapo knew she had already been hung in the square and they were going to the house to check that out. But Captain K had also heard about it. And so that's why he showed up out of nowhere. Um, But that, that scene with the mom just hit me and it was hard. And then I read that, um, what was it? Uh, he said, Watiti said that um, part of why he shot that the way that he did, and he didn't, he never showed her face because you don't see her face that entire scene. Right. Was because that is a, um, that is an intimate moment seeing your loved one like that. And we didn't deserve to see that. That's for the character only. And it's more powerful that way because all you see is this kid's grief throughout that whole scene. And him mm-hmm. trying to tie her shoe, and he still can't do it. And that's a running theme in the movie as well, is him not being able to tie his shoes. Now he's actually trying to do it. And like that, that just, that, the emotion of that in the same movie that's making me laugh out loud about a kid running down the street yelling Heil Hitler to everybody he runs past just shows a, an ability by Watiti to write and direct 
some really powerful stuff. Yeah, that that scene is like right on a hairpin too, because mm -hmm. like the previous scene, uh, you see the uh, well, a couple of scenes before that, you see uh, the boy. And he's walking with someplace with his mom, and they're just kind of having a conversation. And she's talking about tying, you know, how to tie your shoes. And you know, she ties his shoes together, and then says, "Let's go." And and he falls over, and she laughs at him. Um, and then she she talks about like he's asking her about what it means to fall in love, and she says, "Oh well, you you know, you'll feel like you have butterflies in your stomach." And then right before he finds her he is looking at a butterfly mm -hmm. on the ground and he's just kind of staring at it and then as it flies up you see the shoes and then he sees the shoes and i was so mad about this oh um because my my wife and i'm not mad at her for it but my wife loves that like that style of shoe mm -hmm. and so we're watching the movie and she goes oh and i go to her i go man you want those shoes don't you and she goes yeah i do and so I grab my phone and I'm just doing a quick Google search. I'm like Scarlett Johansson shoes, uh, <laughs> um, uh, uh, Jojo Rabbit, because uh, I want to see if I can find a pair and buy them for. Her. <laughs> and uh, I'm scrolling and I'm scrolling, and then there's this there's this stupid picture that shows her shoes, like the the moment where she dies, you know, and it shows that and it says. The seventeen most surprising deaths in in movies. Oh, and I was like, I looked at that, and I just put my phone down, and I was mad for, <laughs> I don't know, probably about ten minutes, like right up until it happened, mm -hmm. because they still like, even though I knew it was coming, they still paid it off with uh, with the acting. It was it was just amazing, but I was like so mad at that oh. point. <laughs> well, and to have her death be off screen, and to have mm -hmm. it be that much of like i just didn't see it coming at all i didn't see the movie going in that direction i don't i i don't know if even watching it a second time if i'd see anything that kind of tipped me off to that i guess maybe given the the scene earlier in the movie where they're out walking around and they come across the gallows with it's him and his mom and she kind of yeah. forces him to look and when he asks her what you know what did they do to to have that happen to them. And she's like the best they can or something like that. Like whatever yeah. they can. So maybe they kind of foreshadow it, but it definitely on this watch, I didn't see it coming and it hurt. Like it was rough because their relationship felt pretty real, especially given the moment they had where she's playing both mom and dad for him. Oh, um, that was friggin' brilliant. That was so good. Yeah, it really was. Um, and it, it just showed like what she's going through trying to raise him by herself because we don't we never get a, a real idea of what happened to his dad. Is he actually fighting in the war or did he die or is he part of uh, he's apparently part of a resistance of some kind mm -hmm. is, I guess, what we're led to believe. Um, but they just it's never concrete because the movie doesn't answer a lot of questions, which I'm fine with. Um, but. Yeah, so not having it. So then you have this wonderful moment because at that point, he's very disillusioned with her uh, in that scene to start it. He's very upset with her because of everything that's been going on. And she's just trying to do whatever she can. And she knows, you know, they have this kind of running thing where she knows that he's not a terrible kid. He's just been so indoctrinated. He's so fanatical. And it's a turning point for him as a character and unfortunately, I think it's the last scene she's in, or one of yeah. the last scenes. Um, yeah, the whole thing about the indoctr indoctrination of the, like this kid is is completely like over the moon for everything Nazi and SS and stuff like that. I felt like there's a lot of parallels to mm -hmm. like modern day, and I was like, wow, I don't like I don't like the 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 like the parallels that I'm seeing <laughs> with this movie. It's just driving me crazy, but it's still, it's a wonderful film. I think everybody should watch it. It's so good. Absolutely. And, and one of the things was that, uh, what TD said that he made the movie because he didn't want people to forget about the time period and about what went on, but he wanted to do it in a different way. He wanted to, to show some of the ridiculous side of it and, and kind of turn it on its head a little bit. I know, 
Tigris in the chat mentioned that, and that was something that I found in some of my research was that was one of the reasons that he did that. He also like went out of his way to not, it's a World War II era movie, but he didn't want to show Germany as this drab, dull place because it really wasn't that. It was very colorful. It was very fashionable at the time. So if you if you look at a lot of the backgrounds, people are wearing really, f- uh, like Scarlett Johansson's character wears really fashionable clothing throughout the whole mm-hmm. of the movie. Um, so I, I thought that was an interesting look too, because it's, again, it's not something you see that often. I also loved what a, like, she was just such a badass too. Like she oh, walks wow. in and like Sam Rockwall is, is <laughs> I couldn't tell if he's trying to flirt with her or not, because I, I almost felt like him and his right hand man had a thing going on. Just oh, they, the, there was a look between them. Yeah, they definitely, uh, did. but they, they never spell that out. It no. just, they, there was a look and I was like, Oh, okay. So there are a couple in secret. Um, but like he's, he says something offhanded to her, not rude or anything, but as she walks in and then she just beats him and I was like, (laughs) Oh yeah, I love her. She's great. Oh yeah. I mean, she, she takes no prisoner. She, she banters with, uh, Jojo all the time. Uh, she had the great line where, cause he here, here's this kid who's all worried that he's disfigured and no one's going to like him anymore and he says he looks stupid and her response to that is hey not everybody's lucky enough to look stupid i'm burdened with being incredibly attractive like it, she felt like it felt like she was treating him like an adult mm-hmm. it really did some of that i wonder because the story's being told from his perspective i wonder how much of that is like sort of taking the lens of that character through him because we see his version of adolf hitler I'm wondering if uh, it kind of feels like this is his version of what he what he remembers of his mom, mm-hmm. um, because she does she treats him like an adult, and I love that. That was a great dynamic. Plus, the the two of them had really good on screen chemistry. Like just the banter worked. Uh, it always felt it like did. like it wasn't forced, uh, which is hard to do again with a child actor, um, but especially with like quippy banter like that to make it not feel forced at all and it didn't like it just felt like two people talking uh granted one of them's 10 i i feel like if i would say some of the things that she said to her kid like if i said them to my kids i would feel like i'm being mean to them Uh uh-huh yeah she said those things and it didn't feel mean and i don't think that he felt like she was being mean either and it was just it's a really I, I don't know, just the way, the, the her delivery was, I think, uh, key to that feeling, to, to to those lines working the way that they did. Yeah, and I, I think that's the perfect way to put it. It never felt mean-spirited from her. To an outside person, it might sound that way, but it, that's sort of a, and it's a great shorthand to how good their relationship is. Mm-hmm. which is what makes that scene where he's so upset with her even more powerful in terms of like emotion because this really good relationship that the two of them have is starting to erode because he doesn't he he's at this crossroads of trying to uh sort of reconcile his feelings for his mother and his trust in her because he just trusts her and the indoctrination and the Nazi teachings and the whole the Jews are evil part of it Mm -hmm. uh, as she's harboring a young Jewish girl in their house. So yeah, yeah, that was, that helped, I think a lot to establish that and really kind of drive those points home, which was great. Uh, Again, it's a, there's a lot of emotion in this movie. Uh, That, that was what surprised me. I think more than anything, I had a feeling it would be funny based on other stuff I've seen from Watiti, but I wasn't, I wasn't prepared for the, the levels of emotion that I felt while I was watching it and how much I, I liked the way the movie made me feel, even when it hurt to watch. So that was that was really nice. Uh, it shows me how good of a filmmaker he actually is. I wasn't prepared for it, but man, was it good! And even like little things, like when she when the girl first comes out of the the hidden compartment, when Jojo finds mm-hmm. her, that shot like a almost like a Japanese style horror movie. Yeah, where she comes up behind him and and puts the knife to his throat. Yeah, well, even her coming out, like the way her hand comes up and curls oh. around there, there was like a little bit of a, a delay on that. And the way she she brings her hand out before she comes down the stairs, like 
it was totally like a J-horror, uh, the ring or the grudge type thing. They were like, I got that feeling of it. And then, yeah, her coming up behind him and the knife to his throat and all that. Like it was so well done. And it, again, it didn't feel out of place. Like somehow this movie managed to, to kind of throw you in a bunch of different directions, but it all worked. Mm -hmm. And I, I feel like every single character, well, okay, but not everybody, uh, you know, rebel Wilson didn't have a character arc. Uh, the Gestapo guy didn't have a character arc, but everybody else had a character arc where, uh, they, they changed over time. And I, I feel like, uh, it was really impressive. Oh, and obviously not Hitler. Well, even Hitler does to an extent, right? Because he gets more and more, um, he, because he's Jojo's view of what, he, what he thinks Hitler is. He changes throughout the course of the movie, not only, um, in his tone, but also if you watch his uniform, his uniform changes to different versions of that uniform over the life of Hitler. But by the I end, I feel of like it, he did change. But then, when once JoJo realizes that, oh, he's bad, then he turns him into the bad Hitler again. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Instead of the lovable, <laughs> lovable Hitler. That's that's hard to say, isn't it? <laughs> the it is. Jeez. But yeah, he goes from being like you know, uh, friendly and really trying to pep him up to, he gets ang almost angry with him. And then he's at the end, he's pathetic, right? And he's begging mm -hmm. him for that, uh, for the recognition and to, to hile him and all that. And it's, it's just one of those where it just, it worked, but you're right. It's not really an arc, I guess. It's more of just how, because it's really Jojo's arc being reflected in Hitler um, yeah. and how he changed over time. Because the kid does go through a lot, and the the running motifs, the we talked about scarlet shoes, but the the shoe tying for JoJo is the running thing. Because at the beginning of the movie, he doesn't even make an attempt to tie his own shoe. He's he's ten years right. old. He's never learned it. He his mom takes care of it for him. And by the end of the movie, he's just figured it out. And that's sort of another one of those shorthand symbolism things that they were using is uh, him tying his own shoes or or actually tying uh, Elsa's shoe for her as they're mm -hmm. getting ready to leave. There are moments though, where the kid himself is kind of a little dick. Um, I mean, he's, he's really mean to Elsa in a few, in a few instances um, with his. Oh fake... yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. When, with the, with the letters. Yeah. He's got his fake letters from Nathan that, um, and what's, what's interesting about it is it kind of makes sense that a kid would lash out that way and then immediately feel bad. So mm -hmm. that, again, doesn't feel forced for him to almost immediately backpedal and, and quote-unquote, find another letter from Nathan. Mm -hmm. um, but even towards the end where he tells her that the Germans won the war while she's hiding because he can't bear the thought, the thought of losing her. He thinks it's like the only way. And then when they go outside and she sees the American soldiers drive by waving the flag and she just turns around and slaps him and he's just, well, I probably deserve that. Like mm -hmm. a mature young kid for certain, uh, both as a character and an actor. So yeah, that was, that was pretty good. Um, this movie was funny too. And funny in a way that again, kind of what I saw, said at the beginning, I just, I almost feel bad laughing at some of these jokes. Uh, rebel Wilson was, was in the movie. She doesn't have much to do, but man, is she funny for her few scenes. First thing she says is, "I've I've had seventeen kids for Germany." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, and you know, uh, sorry, Travis, but your delivery is just not there. What the way that she said it <laughs> was so good. Oh, because uh, they're talking about um, like his uh, Colonel uh, Sam Rockwell, yeah. Colonel K. He's like, uh, you know. Uh, all the boys are going to learn how to become men by learning how to kill and blah, blah, blah. And the women are going to learn how to get pregnant. And then everybody, all the girls, because the, these are little kids, they all kind of gasp. Mm -hmm. And then that's when Rebel Wilson says, I've had 17 children for Germany. And it was, oh my God, that was so funny. Okay, She's I, great. I was wrong. It's 18 because it sounded like this. Oh, I've had 18 kids for Germany. <laughs> it's so good. 
And then at the end, when she shows back up at the end of the movie, because I had almost forgotten about her. And then when they, when, when uh, Jojo and and Yorkie are in the streets as everything's going all to hell, and they come across her and she's attaching a grenade to the back of this kid and saying, "See that American over there? Go give him a hug." And like, yeah. Oh, it was <laughs> like she's only got a few moments in the movie, but man, are they funny? She is hilarious. Rebel Wilson is absolutely hilarious. She's got a, a comedic timing that you just can't teach. And yeah, she was fun. Um, we've talked about Rockwell. Now you mentioned him and Alfie Allard, the, that character. Uh, they sort of hint at them being a couple. And you're right. There's that one scene where the two of them are like almost nose to nose. And they're, you, they look like they're about to have a moment together. And then he notices Jojo and sort of they straighten back up and, and they split. Uh, one of the things was um, his. Co- I loved Sam Rockwell showing up in the uniform he was designing at the end. <laughs> I forgot about that because he shows the drawing, and it looks like a child's drawing of that uniform. And that's that scene is hilarious enough. And then they pay it off with him in that uniform at the end of it. One of the things was both him and the other character have little pink triangles on their uniforms which was a uh, symbol that the Nazi party would put on homosexual men. Okay. So that was, I didn't, I never noticed that in the uniforms though. It was in something on like that final uniform that they had. Oh, okay. I thought you meant all through the, no, kind of no, just, just towards oh, the okay. end there. Um, but then it, it sort of makes sense why he was helping Elsa in the scene with the Gestapo. Because yeah, let me ask you a question. So sure. uh, Colonel K shows up. Mm-hmm. The Gestapo are, are questioning. Uh, they're all in the room together. Elsa comes in. Was it obvious to you that he was helping uh, before um, she she mentions her that that he got the birthday wrong or that she got the birthday wrong? Was it obvious to you? Because I was like, I think he's a good guy. The whole, like, I felt like he was a good guy, but I don't know if it was obvious. It, so when he showed up out of the blue carrying his bike and had some like convoluted, you know, my bike tire went flat and I, I'm like, what is, why is he here? When he took the, the, the passport, the papers, that was when I started to question, like, because they never showed, they showed him pick up the picture of Inga, the dot, the, the dead sister. Mm-hmm. right before that and then he takes the papers from her so it wasn't like blatantly obvious it's more of as i think back on it um i can see it but at the in the moment i didn't think that right away i didn't mm-hmm. think like he's helping her and then uh they she mentions the birth date was wrong i'm like okay so he and then and then i was like okay why is he helping that was the next part i couldn't quite figure out because at that point i hadn't started connecting the dots with him and his uh subordinate because mm-hmm. they they were so subtle with that uh, at that point, so it was one of those where, as things went on, I realized that he's not a bad guy, um, per se. He's actually a good person. And then and then obviously they they nail it home after they get captured, and he's telling Jojo about you know uh, Rosie, his mom, and she was a good person, and he's like genuinely a good person, and that was that was what really cemented it. But no, in the moment, I would say I didn't I didn't pick up on that at that moment it was it was only after the hindsight and kind of thinking about it and piecing it together because it was really it was just really well done nothing there was no reason to think anything other than he was kind of a bumbling fool to that point really right and i i'm like trying to decide if he like did he act did his character actually change Mm -hmm. or did that just get revealed to us like was he always kind of a good guy you know what i mean like that's and i almost feel like through the whole thing colonel k was a good guy from beginning to end he was just pretending to be a bad guy and maybe i'm wrong but that's what that's what i felt like thinking about it yeah i think so because even at the beginning he's talking about um how he wants to be out as part of the war effort and they just won't let him because of his eye and so he's here teaching the kids and he's kind of he does, he, they give off the feel like he just doesn't care to be there, but I don't know. I, I think, I think you're right. I think, uh, he's kind of always the good guy. It just, 
we get it revealed in pieces throughout the movie um, mm. in a really well done way because the character, the, the writing in this movie is just killer. And this is based off a book, which I have no idea of or never heard of. Um, oh. And uh, the book was called uh, Caging Skies. And I guess, uh, according to what I read, the book itself is very similar in story as far as the characters, but there is no um, like fake Adolf Hitler that was completely made for the movie. Oh, okay. So, um, which I think ad- just adds to it because it gives the kid that escapism and it, it kind of it gives us that mirrored image of sort of what the kid is thinking in a way that is uh is palpable. I I think that was a good addition, the the goofy Adolf Hitler character. Plus you could tell Watiti's having a blast doing it. Mm-hmm. Which again, oh, I absolutely agree with that. It I love it when uh, there's there's a there's a TV show uh, with okay. Are you a fan of the IT crowd? Yes. Okay, so not not Moss, the other guy, Roy. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's there's a TV show with Roy in it, and I can't remember uh, the name of the show where he is a uh, uh, an imaginary friend to an Irish kid. Okay, and it's a great show. Hmm. And the thing that both of those, both Jojo Rabbit and this other show, if if you want to find that show, just Google "Where's Me Jumper" and you'll find it because uh, okay. that's like the theme song of the show or whatever. Um, but the thing about both uh, Taika Waititi's uh, delivery and the guy who plays Roy, uh, his delivery as this imaginary friend. They are saying the things that the kid is thinking. So, uh, yeah, Dan, uh, Danny Ora in chat says Moon Boy. Yeah, Moon that's Boy. the name yep. of the show. It's fantastic. Um, so, like, there's this moment in there when um, Jojo feels like he's let down uh, mm-hmm. Hitler. Uh, and, and Hitler is, and, and he goes, oh, I'm, I'm sorry that I didn't do this or do that. And uh, Hitler's like, I don't really care. It's okay. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's when he doesn't kill the rabbit at the beginning. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And Hitler's just like, I didn't feel like killing that rabbit either. What? What? What good's that going to do anybody? Mm-hmm. And you can see that that is this kid doing the mental gymnastics to not feel guilty over not doing the thing that he feels like he's supposed to do. Yeah. Uh, and I, I just think that that that's written so incredibly well. It really is. Yes. Um. And you see that in almost every interaction between him and and Hitler. The the moment where they're sitting face to face around the over the table, and Hitler's wearing the big uh, Native American headdress for just no <laughs> yeah. reason whatsoever. He just happens to be wearing it. But the kid is like he's wrestling with his feelings for talking to the to Elsa, and he's like, "Yeah, she doesn't really want to talk to me." And Hitler's response is, "Well, you are a Nazi." Like. <laughs> It's just this great delivery, and the, and the kid's just like, I. that's true. you know. So you're right, it is. It's him working his issues out, uh, but he gets to do it with the two people, and, and I love it. And I like that they don't, they don't, uh, there's really only, I think, one time where somebody asks him who he's talking to, and that was Yorkie when he comes up to him in the woods when he after he had the conversation about killing the rabbit. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the only time it's really mentioned. He d- never has... It's not like this running thing where his mom knows about it or asks who his imaginary friend is. Like they just, they don't make it uh, a thing. And I kind of like that. Again, this, the way the the way the stuff is written is just so well done. And the fact that the movie has no concrete resolution, really. It's just sort of like a well, now we're here, and where do we go next? Um, with them dancing horribly in the street. I don't know. I feel like that's the like. Uh, you know, the, the allies have won. Hitler's dead. We got to see him with a bullet hole in, in his head. Yeah. Um, so he's gone. The kid drop kicks him out the window and, um, you know, the two kids say that they love each other as, as like a brother and sister. I feel like that's fairly definitive. I, 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 I don't know what else I would, where else I would want to go with it. No, I don't think there is anywhere else for the story to go. I just mean more or less because now it, here's these two kids. One is 
10 and the other, they never really give her age. Is she supposed to be about, I guess, 16 or 17, probably? Old enough to be engaged. True. Um, but the there's there's the two of them. The kid's an orphan, for better mm-hmm. or worse. We don't because we just don't know about his dad. Uh, with I mean, I have to assume that the dad is not going to be back in the picture. But that's where I sort of mean where it's like there's no resolution there because we don't know what's next for these two. The oh, okay. this story has come to an end, but it doesn't like it doesn't wrap that up or say you know and they lived happily ever after. It's just that sort of well here we are, and and I like that. I'm, I'm, it's not a bad thing at all because I think it, it it gives it gives you as the viewer more to chew on about the movie mm-hmm. and more questions uh, that you want to find answers for. So I was, I'm great. I, like I I enjoyed that ending. I like I like when a filmmaker doesn't um, over explain and treats his audience with some respect, and that's that's what that kind of stuff does for me. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, this it, watch the movie if you haven't seen it yet. You need to watch this movie. It's that good. Um, it did fairly well in the box office. It had a nice small budget. It was only like a fourteen million dollar movie to make because um, there's not there's not a ton of special effects or anything like that for it. And you have good actors, but not um, not anybody that's you you have to like overpay for. So they could keep the budget small. Um, but it made sixty million, I think, worldwide, something like that. So it was a modest hit. Uh, it got great reviews, eighty uh, percent on Rotten Tomatoes, ninety four percent audience score, and I can see that. Everybody I've talked to that's watched it has really liked this movie, and I think it came up. I want to say like in your Discord about it, and you'd mentioned not seeing it, and I wanted an excuse to watch it too, so it worked out perfectly. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't know. I had heard of it, and I was like, "Oh, it's a movie about Nazis." I probably am not going to watch that. Oh, wait a <laughs> second! It's a it's it's a comedy about Nazis. Well, now now I'm interested. Speaking of comedy and funny moments, the moment when the Gestapo guy, what's his name again? David Merchant. Stephen Merchant. Stephen Merchant. When Stephen Merchant walks into the little boy's his bedroom. It hit the look on he is so excited. Yes. Like he walks in and he's like, Oh my God, this is the greatest room I've ever seen because <laughs> it's just covered in Nazi memorabilia. And he is just so impressed with this little kid. Uh although he's still suspicious at the same time. It was oh. that was a great moment. S- Stephen Merchant will show up in something. He can be in a movie for one scene, like he is in Hot Fuzz. And I will always remember it because he's just, he's funny and he has this great delivery. His moment in hot fuzz is with the goose and all, or the swan. And all he does is describe what the swan looks like. But I remember the scene perfectly. And that's, that's that moment where he walks into the room in this walking into that room, that just that giddiness from seeing all the Nazi memorabilia and paraphernalia all over the walls is great. It's so good. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. I just, I like a movie that will challenge me on something, but not in a, like, it doesn't feel like a slog. The movie's an hour and 40 minutes long, so it's not, it's not terribly long. It doesn't feel drawn out at any points. Like it's paced really well, but I like that it hits you with some hard stuff because it is World War II. It is Nazis and the kid's mom dies. She gets hung in the, in the street for, trying to help people and Mm -hmm. yet it like i come out of the movie really enjoying the time i spent watching it and that is what i like because that's not an easy thing to pull off most of the time when you get a movie that's going to make you feel things like that it's schindler's list where it's like schindler's list is a fantastic movie but it's not easy to watch it's hard to get through that movie this is something i could watch again and not have a problem with that because it it balances that out with some great uh, comedic moments and moments of levity, but also really, really heartfelt performances too. Mm-hmm. So, absolutely, I, I love that when a movie can do that, and this seems like the type of thing that Taika Waititi is just really, really well, uh, well, kind of armed for. He does that kind of stuff well, and I'm curious to see what he'll do. Because this is him getting to do kind of more of what he wants and and not be constrained by something like the MCU. 
And his MCU work yeah. is great. Like he, his oh, absolutely. Thor, Thor Ragnarok is amazing, and his he is probably my favorite ancillary character mm-hmm. as uh, the the rock guy. I can't. He's, he's just so his delivery is is great. You know, it's kind of a weird circle. You know, I, I, it's yep. a circle, but it's a weird circle. I love that. That was great. <laughs> now I did, uh, I did capture because for the most part he held the German accent fairly well. This real comedic kind of mm-hmm. over the top Adolf Hitler, but there were a couple of moments where his his uh, natural Kiwi accent kind of slipped through, and I did capture one of those, and I gotta play it because it was pretty funny. Where did I put it? Uh, maybe I didn't. No, I don't have it. Um, but yeah, like he he was so funny in this that. The moment where the um, as the kid's trying to work out what he's going to do with the girl, um, mm-hmm. and then they both are like, it's him and Hitler, and they're like, I've got it. And the kid's like, I'll negotiate. And, and Hitler's response is, burn the house down and blame Winston Churchill. <laughs> right. Oh, wait, or negotiate. That's good, too. Like, There's so many of those that just it killed me throughout the whole thing. Or bomb-proof legs. I survived that because right. I had bomb-proof legs. <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, because the kid's trying to imagine that, that Hitler's like this superhero. Yep. <laughs> and he's like, you know, this happened, but I'm okay because because of the bomb-proof legs, which is totally something that, like, I imagine, like, this 10-year-old kid drawing a superhero when having, like, the little different parts labeled, like, super strong arms, bomb-proof legs, drill mm-hmm. for a head, like, all that stuff is, is, that's exactly what a kid would say. Oh, totally. Oh, I, I did find it. This was, so this is him losing the accent just a little bit. Get your shit together and sort out your priorities. That doesn't sound German at all. I'm sorry. <laughs> but, uh, oh, and then uh, Scarlett Johansson, I thought, did okay with whatever accent it was she was doing. It sounded vaguely German. Um, it wasn't perfect, but it fit her character really well. She committed I, to it. You know, I she didn't, didn't even break notice. on that. Um, and she has the great line. I love, again, that, that sort of naturalistic thing going on where the kid knows that she's not eating dinner to save food mm-hmm. for Elsa. And she knows she's not eating dinner to save food for Elsa, <laughs> but she doesn't know that he does. So when he makes mention of it, she's like, no, nah, I might eat later for now. I'm just going to chew on these grapes and takes a big slug of wine. Like, uh-huh. That made me yeah, laugh. And that moment, like the stare down moment where he knows <laughs> that, that, like and then he reaches over, he goes, "Okay, maybe I'll just eat your potato right now." And he grabs it, <laughs> and she can't say anything, right? Because because that'll give away her side of it. And like that that stare down moment between them was really really good, like a okay corral kind of thing. It was that was that was just again that's two really good performances going off of each other. That's that chemistry where it is. It's the cat and mouse. He knows that she knows and she knows what she knows, but not what he knows. And that made no sense, but that's what happened. Um, I, I highly recommend checking this out and even no, I mean, you knew 10 minutes beforehand what was going to happen to Scarlett Johansson. And it still sounds like it still was pretty effective. So it absolutely was like, I was waiting for it to happen. I knew it was going to happen because I had just seen it 10 minutes before and I was like, okay, this is when it's going to happen. And then when it hit, like that kid's performance was, it made it, it made it work. Yeah. Heartbreaking. Even though I had it spoiled for me. So yeah, I agree. Watch this damn movie. Absolutely. Um, now, Bill, you have a couple of shows that you do, right? I know you do, I do. You're still do yeah. 143 pixels. Cause I've been on that. That's a great show. If you don't listen mm-hmm. to that, you should, cause that, that show's super fun. Uh, but what's some other shows that you're you're doing right now? Because you, you and you stream on YouTube. Yeah, well. I stream on YouTube over at nerdnest.tv. That'll take you to my my YouTube channel. Uh, it just redirects automatically right there. Uh, but nerdnest.tv is where I stream on YouTube. Uh, I record a show call, on Sundays called Stadia Cast. We do that live, kind of like Travis does his show live. Um, we do that live on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. We talk about Google Stadia and video games. And I also have a show. I don't do it live, but I have another show called Nintendo Switchcraft where I talk about Nintendo stuff. And then 
like Travis said, on 143 Pixels is one of those shows where I have a guest on and they pick the topic and we talk about it. And the topic is always, what is one of your favorite games? And Travis came on and I think we talked about Sam and Max, right? We did. Yep. Yeah, that was a ton of fun. Thank you again for that. Um, And the shows are really good. Uh, If you're into video games at all, it's worth checking out. So I definitely recommend those. Um, And if you're listening to my show, you probably already heard Bill before. But if you haven't, go, go watch, go, go watch and go listen. Um, Yeah, I so you mentioned doing this live. I record typically on Sunday nights. um, But you doing Stadia cast on Sundays, we uh, we rearrange for that, which is not a problem at all. Uh, Twitch.tv slash TV's Travis. Absolutely. Um, and, uh, and I, if you want to be like uh, truth Tigress or Danny Aura or anybody else and come hang out in the chat room and truth Tigress likes to, uh, to give me fun little, uh, little snippets of info, uh, always with a doctor who reference or connection to she, she likes to bring those, which is fun. Um, but come on in twitch.tv slash TV's Travis next week. My guest is going to be David Luzader. Uh, who was one of my co-contestants on America's next top podcaster. He's been on before, but he's coming back. We're going to talk about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles out of the shadows. Um, it's, I have thoughts on the movie. I didn't hate it. Um, and there's a few reasons for that. So you, I think it's going to be a fun conversation. David does a show called Hit Me One More Time about old nostalgic things and if they're still kind of fun or not. So um, I think that's going to be an interesting conversation between him and I on whether or not because he's never seen that movie and i saw it once so that's going to be next week um and i've got some more fun stuff kind of coming down the pipeline hopefully uh i'll be announcing those soon but until until next week and uh and teenage mutant ninja turtles which for me is going to be fun because i i grew up a turtles fan um i was the perfect age for the cartoons um until then bill thank you again and everybody enjoy your movies and you know it The world is weird, but it's getting better. So let's be excellent to each other. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs>